0: Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper?
1: What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from the Baxter Building to Moss Espa and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me, as always, Steve Haller. What's up, Steve?
2: Well, I'm just happy to be sitting down and talking to you again today, Mike. That's true.
1: Yeah, I got to hang out at my son's birthday party for 2 hours today in the mall.
2: Right. Watch watch small children run around with seemingly unending balls of energy.
1: Unending energy. Yeah. Um and just when you think they're getting tired, we sit them down, we feed them pizza and chips and cupcakes and soda, and then we send them back. Right.
2: Rev them right back more up running around. Yeah, I think I think my son spent an hour trying to surf.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. that was fun. Just
2: <laughs> sitting on a surfboard bouncing around. Yeah. Okay, cool. Around. Whatever works.
1: Whatever works.
2: It triggered him out, then um, mission accomplished.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um uh still a bit of a light week. News hasn't really ramped up uh since the writer strike has ended. Um No, but, but after uh, this
2: weekend or after this week we should be getting a little more seeing we're coming into New York Comic Con 2023.
1: That is correct. Yes, New York Comic Con is this coming weekend. So we may be getting some more, at least comics news. I don't think that we get, we never get, New York Comic Con, I feel like it's more about comics than San Diego Comic Con. It's not really as much movies and TV.
0: I
2: feel it is, but I feel like because of the way the strikes affected San Diego Comic Con, that we may see a little more than we normally would at New York.
1: Uh, I think you're right about that. And um, I'm trying not to get my hopes up, but um, just yesterday, I believe, James Gunn posted a picture. on his Instagram account uh, that you know outside of his hotel room window showing that he is in New York City. Hmm. Um, I don't, I mean, there's a, a million reasons why a uh, famous director and writer and executive at DC Films could be in New York City. But uh, with New York Comic Con coming up, you think maybe he's going to be there, maybe he won't make an announcement. I don't know, but it would be cool. It'd be cool. My fingers are a little crossed, soft crossed. I got soft crossed fingers.
0: That just sounds um, bad
1: it does it yeah. does it just it sounds weird it's not even really bad it
2: just sounds weird like that's a um, thing okay cool
1: like in everywhere every uh everything everywhere all at once the universe oh, the hot dog God. universe
2: <laughs> oh uh, for anyone that's I not can... watching the pod you should <laughs>
1: I can clearly tell that as an image that you have not thought of since. No, no,
2: I have not thought of that since I saw it. And now I'm oh, not going to unsee it. so good, it. though. <laughs> Dude, oh, it was so perfect. Good. That movie, uh, we are the multiverse report. And if anyone wants to watch probably the best multiverse movie that's been the made, best multiverse movie uh, ever, yeah. go watch everything everywhere all at once. It has nothing to do yeah. with comic books. It has nothing to do with Marvel or DC or whatever, or Star Wars. Yep. It's just a damn good, weird-ass movie.
1: Yeah, and you do get to see Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis with hot dog fingers mm. at one point.
2: And, um, and as, uh, as silly as that is...
1: Oh, oh sorry, okay. I was going to say, and as silly as that sounds, uh, they actually get some poignancy and emotion out of the uh, hot dog finger yeah. universe. Is, and, just, and then a callback yeah.
2: later that's just hilarious. Um, yes. But yeah, I gotta uh, watch that again. topically, uh, Keihee Kwan is in... Uh, everything everywhere all at once. And sure is.
1: he won an Oscar for being in that movie.
2: Oscar winning indeed, indeed he did. And uh has since decided to pop up in everything. Uh so the short round slash data who hadn't acted in many years is now winning Oscars and doing Back. everything and I cannot yeah. be happier for him. He is most recently in something I watched last night. Episode er, episode 1 season 2 of Loki.
0: Oh. So
2: I
1: have not seen any part of season two of Loki. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's, it's a very busy weekend. It's not particularly
2: a spoiler since he's in the trailer, but uh, right. the Ken, Ken say uh, in the cliff notes on Loki, good first episode. Like, we didn't get any advanced trailers or anything or advanced four episode whatever, yep. so no idea, but first episode, my wife and I both liked it, so. Okay, good. There we go. Good to
1: know. I heard, I, I, there were some reactions that were released in the last week or so i saw some kind of mixed things i think uh, i think people that got the
2: one through four uh like there might be it might go somewhere weird or something but after after the first episode i'm still
0: in
1: all right cool i uh i'm anxious to watch it i'll probably watch it um tomorrow at some point maybe Nice, but uh i i feel like i'm in the minority i didn't love the first i thought Loki season one was fine i didn't love it i wasn't like over the moon about it a lot of people thought it was their the best marvel series that has been on disney plus i thought it was fine but i i, I wasn't as into it i it looked great but yeah. whatever yeah at the um, time
2: you were higher on Wandavision, and still are i think yeah but. for sure
1: yeah so i'm going in with very tempered expectations um because again season two looks good and yeah. like it wasn't completely not worth watching you know so of course i'm gonna watch the sixth season so i'm excited about it good to know that uh you thought it was good maybe by next week we'll be able to do some kind of recap of the first two or second yeah. one or no. Um, we got some stuff to talk about tonight, despite it being a, a light week. We got a little bit of a Fantastic Four update. We got a little bit of a Peacemaker update. We got a follow-up to a cool Star Wars thing that we talked about recently. Um, and we got some comic reviews, of course. The writer's strike may be over. Um oh, first I should say, of course, this uh podcast is sponsored by Funky Town Comics and Vinyl in Camillus, New York. Check them out for all of your comics, toys, vinyl needs all that kind of stuff they got it in spades ladies and gentlemen days and gays monkey town comics and vinyl check them out can't
0: can't uh pump them up enough best comic store i've ever been involved with ever or gone to i'll say right and that's not just because they sponsor the podcast we
2: actually like them
1: i we, <laughs> we thought that before they sponsored the podcast. Right. why they started sponsoring the podcast i think we <laughs> talked about them all the time anyway <laughs>
2: They did, yeah they felt bad they're like oh these guys talk about us anyways so we're just gonna uh, fine we should okay kick them
1: some <laughs> kick them some scratch um so yes the writers strike may be over however we are still of the uh, SAG AFTRA screen actors strike mm-hmm. uh, I guess they're still in negotiations they entered negotiations uh, last week we have not heard anything um but still going on strikes still happening hopefully we get something tomorrow or something. We get something Tuesday. Maybe I know tomorrow's a holiday, so maybe um, we'll get something Tuesday. I don't know. I hope to hear something soon. Um, I, uh, I know that I read a couple stray things. There's no real big news. A couple stray things about the Disney VFX workers are all voting to unionize. They're all voting to, um, they've, or they've been approved to uh, form a union. Marvel's been approved to form a union. And I can imagine that as soon as their contract is up for negotiation, those people will go on strike as well. Um, SAG-AFTRA is also bringing in their, officially I think voted to bring in the uh, video game actors, Mm -hmm. Uh, we talked about that a few weeks ago so that's happening and I thought this was really cool Uh, even though they were allowed to go back to work all the writers for the Drew Barrymore show quit and have refused to return because of her uh, wanting to start production without them Um, and yes she changed her mind but apparently that was too little too late for the writers of her show so of course she will get more writers she'll hire other writers that you know the show is going to keep going but um i think it is um a shot across the bow and a signal to anybody else that it, if this ever happens again you know don't fuck around with us yeah <laughs> you know pretty you much. Don't treat us like this like we're serious we're not coming back we're yeah. not coming back because of what you pulled
2: there was so. a uh, a quote in time from eric haywood who's a writer director uh wj west Um, and he was on the negotiating committee and he said, I think the Drew Barrymore writers choosing to not go back to what is basically a guaranteed paycheck after five months on the picket lines was a phenomenal act of courage. I feel like the era of playing in people's faces is over and workers are really ready to demand what they feel they deserve. So yeah, hey, completely agree. I am all about it.
1: Yeah. Because that's still like a strike in general is refusing to work for someone that isn't valuing you. Right. Yep. So and this is just they because of this strike they felt empowered to like that quote you just read not go back to a guaranteed paycheck because they felt like they weren't being valued by their employer so especially like while they were on strike so i that you're right that is a, a tr- it is a tremendous act of courage that is a great uh, way to describe it so um so that was interesting to note i can't wait until we don't have to open the show with strike watch anymore they are just <laughs> back and everyone's getting paid what they should be getting paid except the directors that clearly got screwed should have held out uh you know for more whatever but yeah they didn't do late. jokes well, on them yeah we finally um, get rid of
2: flash watch and then we had to go straight into Star- strike watch strike watch someday we'll open the show with the show, with the show. <laughs> what that day is i don't know
1: steve i don't even remember what that's like anymore <laughs> without a
2: watch well pretty soon uh, it might did. be fantastic Four watch
1: it might be Fantastic Four Watch. We got an update on Fantastic Four stuff. It's not even real news, but um, somebody from Collider its an outlet that I used to love, and now I feel like it just kind of has turned into, like, BuzzFeed. I don't know. Yeah. It's, like, not as – doesn't seem as reputable as it used to be. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. But it just seems fluffy and dumb.
0: As you but can tell by my
2: reaction, story. the silence is deafening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, They still do break the occasional story. They get the occasional cool interview and someone interviewed. uh, Director Mac, Mac? No, Matt, Matt Shackman. um, The director of Fantastic Four, also director of showrunner of WandaVision. uh, About Fantastic Four. And uh, Matt Shackman has said that the film will shoot next year in London. It is scheduled to shoot in 2024 at the historic Pinewood Studios in London. When he was asked about casting, he said, hard to say, like I said, we're in the middle of a SAG strike and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that they get a great deal really soon and we can go back. Then, once that's resolved, there'll be a plan at that point, but I can't say too much. There will be an announcement at some point. I know that the internet is very excited to find out. I'm excited
0: to share it. I just can't do it yet. So that really seems like... um." like there's a cast. Yeah. Am I wrong? Like no, I unless mean, he's just
1: trying to make us feel that way to give us some kind of like stability because as we know from Fantastic Forecasting there has been zero stability. it's going to be Adam Driver now. He never really did that. It's going to be Emma Stone. No, she passed way early on and you've just been talking about it for, you know, 6 months. Um there's been no stability at all. So it could be that. It could be like trying to like lend a steadiness um to rumors, but it kind of seems like he would tell us if he could, but he can't because of the actor's strike. Yeah. Am I reading that right, Steve? Yeah.
0: I
2: mean, if you're if you're reading between the lines and reading the coach speak, that seems to be what it's saying. Um yeah. and it makes sense based on timelines and what we had thought prior to the strike. Like I think there was a lot of heavy rumors that the cast was close or they were gonna get some announcements kinda as the strike yeah. was hitting. So the fact that we're getting this now, hey, I I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. Like, just keep teasing it until you can say something and then put it out there.
1: I am just I just want it to be I just want to know who's who's playing them because it's been rumored whoever, whatever, left and right, back and forth forever. It's going to be this person. It's going to be this person. It's going to they're going to bring back Chris Evans, like all this insane stuff we've been talking about. For years, years since they announced the fantastic four movie we've been talking about this stuff. I just want to be done talking about it. Um so I hope that they're already cast. Or I hope, you know, like you said, I hope it was like formulated right before the strike and they just gotta like dot some I's and cross some T's once the strike is over and then they can announce that it's whoever.
2: Right. Um, I mean you had but I'm
1: just sick of the rumors and I'm sick of talking about it. I just wanna know who it is so we can put it behind us and move forward with this. Goddamn movie that still, so far, yeah, existing. Even though we've known about it for so long,
2: yeah. I mean, for Mister Fantastic, you've had everyone from Adam Driver to John Krasinski to John Cho, all rumored to be, you know, Reed Richards. And I I mean, to be fair, any of them would be great. But (laughs) I forgot about John Cho. Yeah, he'd be really good. Yeah, he'd be great. Um, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. They've been all over the board for all of them too. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens and when it all comes out. But until then, we just get to hear about more rumors here and there.
1: Yeah. Keep speculating. Um, uh, The interview goes on. Uh, The interviewer asked uh, Matt Shackman um, if he could like tease anything or tell us any kind of tidbit about the movie at all. And he said the following, he said, quote, it's different in so many ways. I wish I could be specific. I wish I could say more. But we are doing things very differently from a story standpoint, from an approach to the filmmaking standpoint that really fits the material. I wish I could say more. I would love to, but I can't. But I think it's going to be unlike anything you've seen before and certainly unlike anything at Marvel that you've seen before.
2: That's like five lines of nothing.
1: Yeah. And speaking of things that we have seen before, we have seen directors, writers, actors say, this project is unlike anything you've ever seen before. (laughs) And, you know, how many times have we heard people say that? That's like a classic go-to thing to to drive up hype.
2: And then Um, you see it, and it's like, oh, this is just like the last one. Cool.
1: Yeah, especially with the MCU, where you and I have talked about at great length how a lot of the more recent films kind of all feel the same. They don't feel like they're they mm-hmm. do not have their own life to them you know um and the ones that do end up like eternals had a radically different look and tone and feel to it and people are like i don't like this <laughs> you know yep. there may be other reasons why people didn't like that movie but um you know then we get something like thor love and thunder or ant-man quantum mania it's like yeah this just looks like every other marvel movie and whatever
2: yeah for how much I Love Hope- and thunder like I, I feel like love and thunder might be the biggest culprit of that Like, this is the next big thing, and nothing's been like this. And it's like, oh, it just looks like a Thor movie.
1: Yeah, it looks like someone other than Taika Waititi made a movie that was trying to recapture Taika Waititi's Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Uh, I hope that he's right. I hope this is true. Um, Very differently from a story standpoint, different approach to the filmmaking. I don't know what that could mean, but I hope it's unique enough. That it feels different. That it feels different from the previous two incarnations, live action incarnations of the characters, but also feels like a new breath of fresh air for the MCU because I am someone who desperately needs a breath of fresh air in the MCU because I'm getting worn out. Um that's just me.
0: I think a lot I think of people fantastic
1: I, I know, I know. I just I don't wanna I don't wanna offend the the diehards out there, you know.
2: I mean, mm-hmm. we're still going to watch all of them. It's just I'm hundred <laughs> percent, yes. <laughs> like I'm just less yes, hyped about them as I used to be. Exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, from a different story standpoint, like, I did, there's been rumors or theories or just I don't know fan ideas about how they should do it, like the Fantastic Four existed a long time ago and then got trapped in a wormhole and that's why they haven't been around or whatever like that. If they're doing like, like that, if they're doing like a period piece. If the first half of this movie is going to be like take place in the 60s, that would be great. That would be awesome. And it would be something we haven't seen before. That would definitely be something that we haven't really seen in the MCU. And I would love that. Um, Filmmaking standpoint, I don't know what it means by that. But um, I felt like WandaVision was very inventive and very uh, utilizing the tricks of the medium being television. So um, if he's behind that show and he can bring some of that – creativity, ingenuity to this, then great. I'm all all on board and I can't wait to hear more about it. But until then, again, tempered
0: expectations for sure for Fantastic Four.
2: Uh, there was a nice little tidbit in that interview, too, that uh, filming will be at Pinewood. So, you know, at least, they're, at least they're filming in a historic studio.
1: Yeah, hopefully they can suck up some of that magic. That'd be nice. Left over from the Star Wars'
2: you know, maybe leave some of the Hobbit stuff behind, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or Fred others, Fred Claus, so. I believe Fred Claus. It looks like is on the Claus list. Fred Claus was
1: filmed at Pinewood Studios. Apparently, why?
2: Why not? If you I don't were, know. I just feel like maybe they uh, had some money they needed to throw around, and
1: <laughs> okay, you know I what? Mean, I've never, I've never seen Fred Claus, but it seems like a movie that you don't have to film on a giant studio. So I don't know. I'm sure Pinewood has other stages that aren't just built for blockbusters.
2: Probably, yeah. but, you know, yeah. Vin, you, you don't think Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti in a uh, Christmas movie is banging down the doors of needs to be filmed on the same stages as Star Wars?
1: It doesn't doesn't read that way to me, no.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> we'll give you that. I could
1: be wrong. If you are listening to this or watching this and you have seen Fred Claus, please let us know <laughs> if it is on the same level as The Empire Strikes Back, and if so, I will run to my television and watch it immediately. Um, well, let us know. Let us know. Write us and tell us your opinions on Fred Claus, and Paul Giamatti.
2: I just checked the chat. Uh, good point from Brian, the uh, the Flashhead. Tom Cruise and Stephen King saying it was amazing.
1: I liked the Flash. I liked I, it a lot.
2: Y- yes, we both liked it more than we probably should have. But was it cinema?
1: I don't know. I got. I'm, <laughs> I'm. I'm planning to watch it again at some point.
2: So. Oh, Fred Claus had ludicrous as an elf. I kind of need to watch this now.
0: Cinema. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that sounds like cinema to me. <laughs> Roll out. Um,
1: yeah, I gotta watch the Flash again. Um, and yeah, I don't know. You don't know, like, just because Tom Cruise and Stephen King are very famous people that have made very great works of um, art in different yeah. mediums, doesn't mean they have good taste <laughs> in the stuff that they consume. You know, also, or the same taste as. You or me or Brian in the chat. Who knows? Um, I forgot about that. I forgot that Tom Cruise loved that movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, he said it
2: was like the greatest thing since the sliced bread, wasn't
1: it? He said it was like the movie that you don't need
2: to see right now. Yeah, it was like redefining something or other.
1: Not like looking back on that. I feel like I remember that story came out of the fact that he met with David Zaslav. Like that was part of that story. Ah. Uh, and David Zaslav told him about The Flash, and he was like, Oh, I want to see it. So he sent him a copy of it to watch in his home. So now part of me is like, knowing that David Zaslav is a huge piece of shit, like, what are the odds that he was like, Hey, Tom Cruise, how much money can I give you to watch this movie <laughs> and then tell everyone that you loved it? Yeah. <laughs> You're the biggest movie star in the world. Um, yeah. I can see that being the case. Stephen King, less so. I feel like Stephen King is less likely to take a bribe on behalf <laughs> right. of the state of cinema.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. But um, you you know who one hundred percent would not take a bribe? Who
0: Peacemaker?
1: Peacemaker. Peacemaker don't take bribes. Peacemaker loves peace so much, he's willing to do anything to get it, and that includes murdering women and children. <laughs> But maybe not so much anymore, because he had quite the uh, arc from the Suicide Squad to the end of Peacemaker Season 1. Yeah. And I can only wait to see where he goes in Peacemaker Season 2, which, now we know, James Gunn has announced on social media, or posted on social media in response to a fan question, that he is currently writing Season 2 of Peacemaker. Now the writer's strike is over. That's uh the next thing on his uh writer's plate he's got a lot of things on his director's plate and um studio executive plate spitting many plates James Gunn is, but currently uh James Gunn is writing peacemaker season two uh exciting for people like me and Steve who loved Peacemaker season one um, shocked at how much I love that show now that I think about it like yeah. shocked like even though I loved suicides the suicide squad so much. I did not have nearly as high expectations for that show and I it really 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 delivered. Really delivered. So, very yeah, that to
2: that 100% it. should not have been the quality that it was.
0: I know. Yeah. It's just
2: I mean right from the opening, like right from the intro.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep, right from that amazing uh intro.
2: I would be lying if I didn't say that I have gone back numerous times and watched that intro just out really? of the blue.
1: <laughs> that's another series I have to rewatch. Like I've, I mentioned this on the show before. Like it's hard for me to rewatch entire series of shows. I know that's like a thing that a lot of people do. Yeah. And they'll rewatch mm-hmm. their favorite TV shows over and over again. Like I can't do that. I will rewatch an episode here or there, but it's hard for me to even get through a whole season. Just this past. Um, within October, I have watched all of season one of Ash versus evil dead. Hmm. And that's a triumph for me. I, even though I love that show yeah. so much, I've started season two and then I dropped off. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anymore. I might go back to my old ways. The fact that I was able to get through all of season one, huge landmark for me. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it. And every time I watch, like I just rewatched tonight, I rewatched the season finale of Ahsoka with my wife. Cause she hadn't seen it yet. And I'm just like, I gotta rewatch this whole thing. I gotta rewatch Andor. I gotta rewatch Obi-Wan. Yeah, like I, I can't wait to see these things. And I just I'm never do. You. I never yeah. think about it.
2: I end up uh the only I think the only things I've ever really like given it a go and rewatched more than once have been Clone Wars and Rebels.
1: Yeah. Yep. So um I've only, I'm on my second rewatch I'm sec- on my second watch of Clone Wars, and it's only because I'm watching it with my son. Yeah. And I have independently watched Rebels a second time. Yes, that is the only other
2: right movie. Rebels I watched the second time, leading up to Ahsoka, and then right. Yep. Actually, Same. I think I started it like two years ago, and then finished <laughs> the rewatch before Ahsoka. It. it was like yeah. wherever on Disney Plus it was, uh, <laughs> whatever I episode I had gotten to. I'm like, yeah, we'll start here.
1: I'll just start. I remember enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I know like someday I'll rewatch that show again with my son, and when he's old enough, we'll watch right. Mandalorian together or whatever like that, but. Like when when I'm in the mood for Star Wars, I go to the movies. I don't go to, you know, Andor, even though it's one of my favorite things. I like it more than a lot of the movies that are out there. So I don't know what it is. I just don't rewatch shows. But Peacemaker is a show that I feel like I really should rewatch because it was so bananas and crazy and just turned up to 11 the entire time Mm -hmm. in ways that I just never expected to see. So I really should do that again. And um, hopefully I get the chance to.
2: Um and if anyone hasn't other, watched it, go watch season yeah. one now because it's yeah. that if good. You,
1: I mean, you could definitely watch the Suicide Squad before watching that if you haven't seen that either. Like yeah. the Suicide Squad is my i f- I'm a big DC guy. The Suicide Squad is my favorite dceu film.
2: And remember out of The Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. Very suicide different Squad. movies.
1: The Suicide Squad. Um directed and written by James Gunn himself. I love that movie so much every time i watch that movie i just get so happy <laughs> like it's like it's the mark of a movie that i, I can tell like when i get giddy watching yep. scenes of it i'm like, like yep this is up there for me nice it doesn't happen too often uh and then uh peacemaker uh kicks off from there so highly multiverse report highly recommends both those uh those pieces of media right there
2: yeah if you enjoyed giant um, starfish go watch them now
1: so cool um and also uh speaking of peacemaker in response to a fan asking james gunn if season two of peacemaker takes place in the new dcu continuity or if uh it will address the reboot at all because as we talked about last week james gunn confirmed that uh, amanda waller and john cena's peacemaker are two of the characters that will be continuing on in the new rebooted dcu uh, so this fan was asking if the reboot will be addressed. Um, does he said, "Does the does season two take place in the new D- DCU, or will the Ruby reboot be at least addressed?" And James Gunn responded, saying, "Yes and yes." So they're going to address the rebooted universe in Peacemaker season two. I think that's a good place to do it if you're going to do it anywhere. Um, not that Peacemaker is like a Deadpool meta humor, breaking the fourth wall style character. Cause like Deadpool is a character that could do that and mm-hmm. probably will do that in Deadpool three or in the next time we see Deadpool in an MCU movie. I'm sure he will talk about, he'll make some meta reference to the fact that it's not the Fox universe. It's the Disney universe. You know, we're definitely going to see that. Peacemaker doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's just a guy in a universe. <laughs> Literally just um,
2: a dude. And it, it's even yeah. better that that's Just the case. A
1: super jacked, dude. Yeah. Um, John so Cena plays imagine... himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not gonna like make any like meta references to the universe being rebooted, but I think because he's a comedic character, um, there's definitely ways for him to be like, "What the hell? Superman didn't used to look like that," or you know, make some kind of right reference to it. You know, and like. Peacemaker season one gets really weird. There's some really crazy shit in Peacemaker season (laughs) one. So if they could definitely like, it's not out of the realm of possibility for, you know, Harcourt and Peacemaker to sit down and be like, look, this whole crazy thing happened. The most we can tell, we can trace it back to this guy that ran really fast and changed time. And now things are different. There's nothing we can do, but you know, they could have that conversation in a show like Peacemaker, I think. So I think that's a good place to do it. More so than in a show like, or in a movie like Superman Legacy, right. where you have way too much other stuff to worry about than to address the fact that he looks different than Henry Cavill now. You know? Yeah. So I think do it in Peacemaker, get it out of the way, and never mention it again.
2: Well, and especially, especially with that at the end of Peacemaker season one, it sets it perfectly. It's it's going to, yeah. be, going to be the right segue to do it
1: i agree
0: agreed um speaking of segways segways here's one (laughs) not the writing (laughs) ones but
2: the the transition ones
1: no i never speak of those (laughs) i never speak of those guys you don't often have conversations
2: about segways i don't when is the last
1: time i've even thought about one of those i don't remember
2: i don't know and i definitely don't know the last time i saw one let alone in person
1: They were going to be like the transport of the future. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, it's like Dippin' Dots. It's the ice cream of the future for the last 30 years.
1: Yeah, I know. But I feel like at this point, Dippin' Dots has outlasted the Segway. (laughs) I think they may have.
2: (laughs) I think they may have.
1: Anybody out there watching or listening own a Segway? Ever ridden a Segway? (laughs) Or wish they had one? (laughs) Please let us know. Please let us know. We're dying to know. Um, uh, this isn't really much of a story, but um, Todd Phillips shared a new photo from Joker Foley is a sequel to his movie Joker starring Joaquin phoenix um Joker Foley Aado, a movie I forgot was happening until I saw this photo
2: until it showed um, up in the show notes. I was right with you,
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like we got a lot of um. We're getting a lot of information about this for a while, and then, but even before the strike, oh he showed really stills, dried up about this.
2: He showed stills that were post-produced, like yeah, a, half a year ago at least,
1: a long time ago. We got pictures of Lady Gaga as yeah. Harley, stuff like and it looked cool, but it was silent. I think for didn't a long he have time, like, like, a
2: Valentine's Day thing he threw up there with him, with her, and the Joker? I think you know and, what
1: that might have been the last time we heard anything. I yeah. think he posted a picture of Walking um, Phoenix and Lady Gaga in some embrace the last thing I remember seeing about it yeah um but it's also I think we've always known it's not coming out until fall 2024 I think might be the
0: date or maybe still seems weird I don't know it can't be 25 that's too long that seems too long
1: maybe I'm wrong I don't know we'll have to figure it out um but it's a shot of um Joaquin Phoenix without his Joker Joker makeup on which I thought was strange um standing in the rain there's people with different colored umbrellas next to him and he's just standing and looking straight up letting the rain hit his face um not sure why his joker makeup's not on maybe he's letting the rain wash off his joker makeup but i don't know at the end of that first one it seemed like
0: yeah either way it's weird
1: um he wasn't taking that makeup off i don't know it seemed
0: uh still have never seen know. the it's first weird. one either.
1: it's worth a watch yeah it's worth a watch um I didn't. I I thought it, I thought it was a really well-made movie. Again, walking on an Oscar, he's incredible in that. Everyone in that movie is incredible. It's directed very well. It's made very well. It didn't. He didn't really feel like Joker to me. But I just had he, now in my brain just like it's a different version. It's a different thing. It's like reading, you know, a different writer writing Batman. You know, right. it's like Scott Snyder writing Batman versus James Tinian writing Batman versus Chip Zdarsky writing Batman versus Bob Kane writing Batman or whatever. You know, it's just it's just different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's just a different thing different universe so blah 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 whatever so I'm gonna go into it with that and you know I like the first one enough but yeah. and I think I was I was soured by it a little bit because of the time they were like oh they're gonna cross this over with the you know what there was all these like fan theories of how Joaquin Phoenix was gonna continue as the Joker in some DC universe which I'm thankful isn't happening I did not think was happening but I was like guys no he's not yeah, Whatever, yeah, I don't no. want to go down a rabbit hole, but anyway, <laughs> it's definitely worth a watch. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, and uh, when this movie comes out, I'm sure I'm gonna be very excited to see a trailer for this. The fact that Lady Gaga is in it and is playing Harley makes me very excited, so yeah. Oh, also, remember, it's a musical, remember that fact? Oh, yeah, okay, I just remember that right now as I was talking. Huh. <laughs> so, this is definitely worth seeing 100% worth seeing because it's gonna be wild. Gonna yeah, be wild. I, don't... I cannot wait to see a trailer for this. Now, I just do you see. Do you see the turn in my face now I, for I'm both so of us, us when movie. you said now that i'm like talking about it oh
2: yeah okay that makes me actually want to see it i went from I went literally having like, zero yeah. cares about this movie <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> me too okay I cool even re-
1: remember that the first time we talked about it but now <laughs> i'm back on board baby there we go, go see joker 2 hell yeah <laughs> oh. awesome all right well that's out there uh for your joker heads if you haven't seen it yet uh, new picture Probably just reminding people that it's happening. Probably he maybe would have posted more stuff if we had uh not had the strikes, but we'll see. Um so was it last week we talked about this um cool um Star Wars story about we found David Goyer wrote a Star Wars movie that um was going to be directed by Guillermo del Toro. was it last week we talked about? I think that, that I think was it
2: wasn't. was that or two weeks ago, but relatively yeah. recent uh recent time. Recently.
1: And um we were very Uh, excited by the idea of Guillermo del Toro directing a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And this was, uh, I guess this was before he won his Oscar for uh, Shape of Water. So still a well-known filmmaker, but, you know, you know, you win an Oscar and then he has got at least two now, I think, because he, Pinocchio won last year as well. So, you know, he's definitely a heavy hitter now more so than he was before. And um, when we talked about last week, he responded to that story being posted on Twitter, and he um, responded by saying that he would give us a hint. I'll give you three letters, J and BB. Is that three letters? Was his quote. And you and I were talking. We were like, okay, well, BB sounds like BB-8. Who's the J? Blah, blah, blah. And you were like, oh, you made a joke. You're like, oh, Jabba? So that's got a J and the two Bs in it. Yeah. You're like, ha, 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 ha. Guess what? Guillermo De Toro was making a Jabba the Hutt movie. <laughs> For real,
0: yeah, and, um, and in
2: that episode, we were waxing poetic about like how his weird take on things would be perfect for that seedy underbelly of
1: or just the weirdness of Jabba's palace, yeah, in general like the amazing
2: all the creatures and everything would fit perfectly,
1: yeah. So, uh, it's another interview, uh, another story from Collider, and uh, Guillermo del Toro had the following to say about it when they asked him about, um the news of him developing a Star Wars movie, he said, quote, we had the rise and fall of Jabba the Hutt. So I was super happy. We were doing a lot of stuff. And then it's not my property. It's not my money. And then it's one of those 30 screenplays that goes away. Sometimes I'm bitter. Sometimes I'm not. I always turn to my team and say, good practice, guys. Good practice. We designed a great world. We designed great stuff. And we've learned you can never be ungrateful with life. Whatever life sends you, there's something to be learned from it. So, you know, I trust the universe. I do. When something doesn't happen, I go, why? I try to have a dialogue with myself. Why did it happen? And the more you swim upstream with the universe, the less you're going to realize where you're going. So a bit of a philosophical take on on his reaction to realizing that wasn't going to move forward. But god damn would i love to see a rise and fall of jabba the Hutt, the uh gangster
0: yeah man as that a movie would have been from Del
1: Torre, that would have been awesome it would have been weird it would have oh, been yeah. weird as hell Jabba's the main character of this movie like what
2: well think about like we would have to see narshada which is like the the whole planet that well it's a moon but whatever um that the Huts are from. And like okay. their their base and homeworld of like the whole cartel, yeah. And like this weird seedy underbelly of all of that that makes Coruscant look like it's a you know shiny pristine uh, like the under the underside of Coruscant look like shiny well, and pristine.
1: The thing about Coruscant, I don't know if you know this. The thing about Coruscant, the whole planet is one big city.
2: That it is, except for the mountains in the <laughs> south.
1: Oh, is that true? There's mountains in the south.
2: Yeah, or at least there wasn't. Legends again. uh, Much like uh, we do have to issue a correction slash clarification on our Ahsoka pod. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was, I had, I had forever damaged my uh, my Star Wars credibility when I uh, uh, thought when Adam and I were talking about the uh, Chimera Chimera. uh, that I corrected him that it was an Imperial Star Destroyer Mark II. Uh, when yeah. he had claimed it was a Mark I. What I uh, am here to report is, my apologies to Adam, because the Chimera we saw was an Imperial Star Destroyer Mark I. Uh, however, awesome. uh, in Legends, uh, it was a Mark II. So what I did say to Adam was true from a certain point of view. Certain point of view. Yeah. So
1: And... What Rick Ollier says to young Anakin Skywalker in The Phantom Menace, I guess, is also true from a certain point of view. Because if you're in the south, then you can see those mountains. And it's not one big city. But from his point of view, the whole yeah. planet is one big city.
0: One big city.
1: Um, I would have loved this. I would have loved to see a weird-ass Star Wars movie with a bunch of slugs um, double-crossing each other yeah. <laughs> and plotting revenge uh, and slithering around. He um, talks about the fall of Jabba the Hutt. We see the fall of Jabba the Hutt in Return of the Jedi. It doesn't look like he is... He looks like he's in power in Return of the Jedi. So I'd I'd be curious to see what the fall of Jabba the Hutt would be, according to this yeah. movie.
2: I mean, maybe he was like... Maybe he had more in the, the bigger syndicate type thing, and not just yeah. a crime lord based on Tatooine.
1: Right. Maybe he lost out some of the bigger stuff and had to retreat to his...
0: Um, to his giant palace
1: yeah Hmm. yeah anyway what might have been um i only hope someday we can get something star wars related from guillermo del toro that'd be awesome yes so awesome um thinking of uh things from the past here's something that is coming back is that a good segue no not a good one at all um i just added this uh to the rundown uh, maybe an hour or an hour and a half before we record it so um, I don't know if you uh, got the chance to see this Steve
0: but I, not. I
1: feel like you'll be excited about there's a Star Wars gaming bundle has been announced coming back to Nintendo Switch called the Star Wars Heritage Pack a bunch of older Star Wars games being re-released on Nintendo Switch including Star Wars The Force Unleashed Star Wars Republic Commando Star Wars Episode 1 Racer Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2. This, uh, Heritage Pack is being released on December 8th of this year, so now you don't even have that long, you got a little, yeah,
0: you know,
1: a little over a month to wait for, uh,
2: no, it's oh, literally so 2 it's months cuz today is October yeah. 8th.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. 2 months. Yep. Yeah.
0: Exactly 2 months. So that's nothing. That's nothing. Put that nah. on your Christmas list. Steve, have you played all these games? Yes. yes. Well,
1: awesome. Is there <laughs> one
0: I was looking uh, through. There... I'm like, uh, no, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, you know I have. Is this
1: Is this something that appeals to you as a fan of um Older Star Wars games and um, like Star Wars Legends, Canon, and things like that. Is this something that you will buy? Is it something that you have a drive to replay or revisit any of these games?
2: Is this something I would personally buy? No, and that's solely for one fact that I already own all of them on Steam (laughs) because they did a similar bundle on Steam for like twenty bucks like two years ago, and I was like, yes, I have to do that. Um, the apparently the release price is supposedly 54 bucks, which for games that dated, I would say, uh, I don't know. That's it's it's a lot on the edge. of games though. It is. Um, and I guess if they're remastering for the switch and like, they don't look horrible, like, uh, they do on the computer, then sure. Right. Uh, you're also, I guess if you're playing it on the actual console, you don't have to worry about how they blow up onto a large non CRT monitor True. or a non tube yeah, sure. TV. But uh, Force Unleashed was a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to, like, basically use ridiculous force powers and uh, be Darth Vader's apprentice, it's worth checking out. Uh, Republic That's Commando cool. is, well, what it sounds like you're a clone trooper. Um, racer is Mario Kart in Star Wars pod racing. Pod racing, yep. Uh, the Jedi Knight games were absolutely amazing. Uh, we talked about those recently. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I can't remember what what they were remastering one of them. But um Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy were both phenomenal first person shooter style games that you get to play with lightsaber yeah. too. Uh and then awesome. KOTOR like it's uh, it's just one of the best games I've ever played. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would love um now that you mentioned that you heard that the remake of Knights of the Old Republic is dead uh you said you heard that yeah um which makes me like i don't know i'm a ps5 guy so i don't know is there a way for me to play that on ps like the old one on ps5 i feel like there isn't if there is i would love it um i haven't looked so i'm kind of talking out of my ass here i guess assuming that there isn't one
2: yeah i i um, don't know off the top of my head because they were supposed to remake it f- specifically for the PS5. Yeah,
1: for next gen consoles, yeah.
2: No, not even. It was just going to be PS5. It wasn't even oh, going to be that Xbox. True? Oh, yeah. I
1: didn't realize that. I thought it was for everything.
2: Okay. Um but I don't know. Uh, beyond that, I think I think the rest were on PC, Xbox and now Switch. Wow. So, wow. might might anyone... have missed out there.
1: If any way for me to um play the original Jedi Knights of the Old Republic. Not that I not that I even guaranteed will. But if there's a way out there, right. you let me know. That'd be great. Thank you.
2: I'm wondering if that's actually residual because when it came out it was an Xbox exclusive. Oh. Might just be something that's still there.
1: It's still tied up in contract form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why the remake had to be for PS5 because
0: the right. original one. Yeah. Can't be re-released. Wow. Well, Cool.
2: all right have Steve, you have you some played com- any of those any of those games
1: I believe that I played um, force Unleashed a little bit because my friend had it at his house and I would go and we'd play that um I think I played uh, the racer game a few times again similarly because a friend of mine had it but no I've ne- I was never like a huge video game guy like I yeah. had a Sega Genesis when I was a kid nice and I didn't have another gaming system until I got like a ps3. Um
0: okay.
1: so a lot of these games were already out, I think, within between those two time frames. So um
0: yeah, and think, you know, if they were yeah.
1: weren't you know, if they weren't, they weren't being released for PlayStation. So they right. were, like you said,
0: Xbox exclusives and things like that. So
2: Yeah, Force Unleashed. Sim similarly, like Force Unleashed Republic Commando Racer, I played elsewhere. The Jedi Knight yeah. games in Kotor I
0: definitely owned because those were just great.
1: Yeah. I'm not like I like video games but I'm not someone that is so obsessed with them that I get one and play it until I hit 100%. You right. Know. Every once in a while there's one that I love that I am addicted to, but
2: Right. Um, see Spider-Man.
1: See Spider-Man, see like the Arkham games, yeah. those kind of things, but it's not something that I'm like so addicted to that I can't put down the controller or I can't turn it off to go to bed. <laughs> you know, it's never mm-hmm. it's never that kind of thing. Um
2: uh, you did Unlike, not. You did not get sucked into World of Warcraft like I did.
1: <laughs> I did not. No, I didn't. I've heard a lot of great things about World of Warcraft.
2: Oh, it was that a phenomenal. It like
1: it would be a lot of fun.
2: Phenomenal game um, that took up way too many hours of time. Way too much time.
1: Well, that's how, that's how I felt about um, Spider Man. Even that first Spider Man game, like.
2: Oh yeah! Once you got even anything past the main storyline, you just kind of went down rabbit holes.
1: I mean, I was already going down so many rabbit holes that mm-hmm. I had to be like. I need to stop doing this. I need to finish the main story or I will never do anything else with my life. I'll never watch another movie right. or write another song or read another comic book in my life if mm-hmm. I don't finish this game. <laughs> it's like, I just need to get through it. Um, so yeah, I finally did.
2: I need to do all of those things before uh, Spider-Man 2 comes out.
1: Which comes out this month. It comes out the 20th.
2: Yep, 12 days.
1: I forgot that it came out this soon. We're mm-hmm. very close to Spider-Man 2. I don't know that I'm going to get it right away. I feel like my October is very swamped, so this might be a thing that I, you know, I might put it on my Christmas list. I might go. wait till I have some more downtime um, to really kind of dive into it. It's also, like, an incredibly large file size. I don't remember the number, oh, yeah. but I, it's, like, huge. Like, I'm going to have to delete stuff <laughs> in order to accommodate it.
0: Ah,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, so you, did the, so you did the same thing I did and got the cheaper uh, PS5 because, well, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to need to have 25 games on it at once in
0: any yeah, way, exactly. shape, or form.
1: Exactly. But, you know, I may need to have seven right. games on it or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I may have to upgrade. I don't know. Um want to do some comic reviewing? I think we should. All right. I think we should. I will go first this week. Um, since you went first last week, I believe. My book is not a book that's coming out this week. It's a book that has been out for a little bit, Um, but Jesse recommended it to me um, because he really liked it and he's got a bunch of copies of it and um, it's worth talking about and it's worth reading. It's a book called Junior Baker, The Righteous Faker. Gotta love a rhyme. Hmm. It's from Image. Uh, It came out a week or two ago, I believe. It is written um, by Joe Casey with art by Ryan Quackenbush um, and letters by Russ Wooten. And also uh, Sonia Harris is credited with design. I'm not sure what that means, but um, still very cool. Um, The biggest thing to say about this book is that the artwork is incredible. Um, It is very, uh, it's like very abstract at times. Oh, wow. depending on the frame, depending on what they're kind of trying to depict, um, like coloring outside the lines sometimes, but also sometimes very, very precise depending on what mood they're going for. Um, uh, like the violence in it is just a lot of like, Oh wow. Just turns into like a big blood splatter kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, it's very good. It's very Sandman esque, especially a picture like that, where this guy's got like little dots for eyes. It's very, it reminded me of Sandman yeah. art when I was looking at it. Um, it is the story of a guy named Daniel Baker. His nickname is Dizzy. I don't know why it's, uh, no one's called him Junior. So I don't know why the book is called Junior Baker, The Righteous Baker. Um, he is a journalist, uh, but his job is to investigate kind of like um, paranormal sightings or people thinking that they see you know weird stuff um and he's on uh this one case is this group of people called the clergymen who are um kind of committing strange and violent acts uh, but no one really believes they exist he Mm -hmm. believes they exist they're like his they're like his white whale kind of and in the meantime his um, editor is sending him on these like smaller um smaller trips to just kind of see what's out there, prove the existence of something or some, you know, nut sees something in the, in the darkness and he has to go see if it's real or whatever. Um, uh, he's at odds with his, uh, pregnant girlfriend at home. He's trying to like just figure stuff out. He's walking down the wrong alley and getting beat up sometimes. It's, it's very interesting. He's also seeing some kind of apparition that's coming to him. Um, he can't tell if he's dreaming or not and talking to him about, Um, who he is and where he's supposed to go and giving him like it's very it's very wild and
0: abstract and uh like acid trippy of a book um and like it kind of
1: it hints at a larger world sometimes yeah in a way that it makes me very curious about what issue two is going to be like um and like what part like they introduce a lot like this it it's kind of like a standard size book. It felt like I was reading a double issue or something like there's a lot right. of, a lot of stuff happens in this book. They cram a lot in, in a way that doesn't feel overstuffed. Um, again, the artwork is incredible. The, the pacing is incredible. It's well paced for the amount of stuff that they're giving you. They do. There's one panel where they go into an entire, a background on the world about how there used to be superheroes and supervillains, but the superheroes defeated all the villains and then they went to war with each other and then they kind of disappeared. So we're in like a post-superhero kind of world where this is happening. So I guess things like magic and superpowers exist or used to, so it's, he's not shocked necessarily that you know, if something crazy might be happening out there, he believes that it's possible. Um, and I'm not sure where it's going to go. There's not like a huge cliffhanger. He just kind of leaves it at a, Um, you know, he's going to keep investigating this stuff despite the danger that he might be in. And, uh, I was very, very, it's a very interesting book. Again, the right, the art alone is worth picking this up. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would definitely recommend, um, junior Baker, the righteous faker. It's an image book from Joe Casey, um, and Ryan Quackenbush on art. Um, and again, just stellar artwork. Every page is I don't know, I can't imagine how long it took them to make this book cuz the artwork is just uh, out of this world. Very it's very like it's very precise in its abstractness. Okay. I guess is what I'll say. Um so yeah, go pick it up. There's still uh some on the shelf at Funky Town Comics. Um and issue 2 is on its way. And uh we'll see if any <laughs> we we'll see if any questions get answered. Um but it, it's kind of it's kind of like a book where it's like you don't realize you have questions until you're done reading I don't know it's it's hard to explain it's hard yeah. to explain um, it's not something that's like deliberately ending you on a cliffhanger or um, I don't know making you feel like you uh, you know deserve more answers from it or something like that it's just it's telling a story and it's gonna tell you the same story until it's done it's It's a very deliberate uh, it's like I said about the art. It's deliberate in its abstractness, I guess, is how I'll say. Right. Um, but it was great. I really liked it quite a bit. So um, look it up. Junior Baker, the Righteous Faker.
0: So you said talent. you said
2: abstract, And sure you did. said you liked it.
1: Yeah, sure And did. you said
2: weird. And guess what I sure got? Did. Guess what I got, got from something- my book? got something...
1: I know what you got, and I'm very jealous that you got this book and not me. I'm dying to read this book. Well, part of it, dying I think,
2: is book. because uh, our, our good friends at Funky Town uh, would immediately know that you would love this book. Right. So you give it to me, and more, I have no idea what, what I'm getting into. And right. now we're bearing in the lead like crazy, but I ended up with uh, Batman City of Madness number one. Um, Christian Ward, uh, Christian written Ward. and illustrated. Um I believe he did the Aquaman Andromeda for DC Black as well. He sure did. Uh, him That's and Ram V. Really cool book. Yeah. Um yep. And the art for this is just as um I don't, unique and weird like the you know you you have everything from a standard panel sure. which um to full-blown splash screens where you're using the negative space.
0: Oh yeah. Look at that.
2: And then, like, farther on, there's uh, some, you know, weird, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the Court of Owls is back, Uh, but, like, weird framing and very unique coloring and, uh, oh, that was, that one I did love as well. Just Oh, damn. I'm I'm I moving it away quickly because there's some plot stuff on that one, but uh, yeah, yeah, just don't to show me too much. just to give you the the um, the cliff notes on it, um, I I believe it's known. Well, I mean, there's yeah, what did they what did they say? Okay, they do mention Gotham below in the uh, the actual synopsis, so I didn't want to.
1: <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, I think that's when I mean I remember we talked about this when it was announced or when it was coming out, and it yeah. was like like a secret version of Gotham underneath Yeah, there's effectively right?
2: a mirror version of Gotham uh where, you know, it's it's opposite day. Yeah. Uh so lo and behold, the court of owls is actually protecting Gotham from oh. the Gotham below. Oh, that makes um, sense. Um so there's, you know, happenings that happen. Uh there's an overload of all sorts of villains, um 2 faces back. Uh and, and and I saw Harvey, some designs
1: for I saw some designs for Two Face that I thought looked amazing yeah,
2: well, when we were announced in this book. So yeah, when you said uh, you know, that the the art was out there in years, all I could think of was how they how Ward portrays Harvey and Two Face. Yeah. And very, very well done and fits fits the character extremely well as well. Nice. Um But you have Harvey, you have the Court of owls, you have um Batman below and, Ooh. uh, some other, some other happenings, uh, and the whole thing starts with a kid and we don't know what's happening or where it's going, but literally the first page is a kid and we pick him up later and, uh, I'll leave the rest to you, but,
0: oh, interesting
2: like a kid wandering
0: the city, huh? So we'll uh. see what happens but right. I'm definitely wow. getting number two. I can tell you that. Wow. Cool. All right. And it's a
1: black label book. that's on the big prestige format. Yeah. You it's
2: me, the, right? uh, like a, you know, the
1: jumbo size for, for scale. Yeah. Yep. So, and uh, I was telling Steve earlier, I love everything about the uh, black label when they do the, the oversized issues. I love everything about it, except I don't know how to store them. Yeah. There's no, there's no, they don't really, you got to get either giant, comic bags or they don't fit in long boxes. Um I guess I guess gotta I I currently have mine on my shelf just with my graphic novels and like they're all they have their own little section because yep they don't they stick out too far farther than other regular size graphic novels. So it looks weird if I just put them like in the other way. I don't know. It's a whole thing.
2: Yeah, I think I picked up the uh the Swamp Thing black label uh oversize yeah. in like I think I picked up the trade for that when uh Funky Town Headland Sale. Yeah, the yeah. Green Hell. And uh I think that's like next to wherever I keep that is gonna be the only place I can keep these.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: It's like, did I find a spot for that? All right, we're good.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, all right. Well, two positive reviews um this week. You can check out either of those books at Funky Town Comics this week, this Wednesday. What else oh, is wow. gonna be in your local comic book store this what?
2: Sorry, I just what? saw I just saw some of the uh the variant covers for this.
1: For City of Madness? Yeah.
2: They're just, they're really cool.
1: Wow. All right. Okay. Can't wait. Can't so wait. What else is going to be in your local comic book store this Wednesday? Let's go down the list. Amazing Spider-Man number 35. American Psycho number one. There's a lot of like uh, spooky Halloweeny books this week, I noticed. Go figure. Uh, that being one of them. Avengers number six. Batman and Robin number two. Batman City of Madness number one. The aforementioned positively reviewed book. Endorsed by the Multiverse Report. Blade, number four. Captain Marvel Assault on Eden, number one. Danger Street, number 10. Firefly, the Fall Guys, number two. Green Lantern, number four. Guardians of the Galaxy, number seven. House of Slaughter, number 18. The Hunger in the Dusk, number three. Magneto, number three. Marvel Tales, Moon Knight versus Werewolf by Night, number one. Sounds like a keeper. Night of the Living Dead, Kin, number one. Sounds cool. Operation Sunshine, number one, Silver Surfer, Rebirth, Legacy, number two. Sonic the Hedgehog Halloween Special. Number one. <laughs> Spider-Man India. Number five. Star Trek Holo Number two. Star Trek Star Wars. Excuse me. Star Wars Dark Droids. Number three. Superior Spider-Man Returns. Number one. A lot of people eager about eager to read that book uh superman lost number seven teenage mutant ninja turtles versus street fighter number four venom number 26 wesley dodds the sandman number one world's finest teen titans number four and x-men red number 16 steve anything jumping out you pulling anything this week getting anything reading anything have you read
2: uh have i read anything no there's a whole pile of like that's that we're up to that for the backlog again um I mean some of that is uh Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries and such but yeah. um no the uh there weirdly there's a couple on the list that are like American Psycho I don't I don't know but I kind of want to know now
1: um yeah I'll take a look at it for sure
2: yeah uh Hunger in the Dusk again for anyone who is a long time listener knows that I've been raving about this book um yep. it's been, been a fun honest. been a fun uh fun romp so far we'll see where number 3 goes I love the juxtaposition of night of the living dead can followed by operation sunshine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what operation sunshine is. No, it just seemed
2: fun. Um, and then superior Spider-Man is going to be like, if it's anything to do, like if it can hold a candle to the original superior Spider-Man run, then yeah, cool. Like that was, that was such a well done take on what should have been a character that didn't work.
0: Yeah. And they made it work. Yeah. Nice, you? Um,
1: I am definitely interested in Batman: City of Madness. I'll be picking that up for sure. Um, I'm also interested in. I'm going to take a look at Moon Knight versus By Night because I forgot to mention this, but a few weeks ago, they put out a Werewolf By Night one shot, which I thought was excellent. I picked it up because it was a one shot. Mm-hmm. It was really really good. Uh, it was the Werewolf By Night and um, Elsa Bloodstone both. Uh, they're both trying to break into a castle to steal something. So it's like two of their stories and they end up, you know, colliding. Mm-hmm. But um the Werewolf by Night is drawn in black and white and Elsa Bloodstone is drawn in color. Oh. And nice. so it keeps jumping back and forth, and then it's cool when they both meet up how they how they uh, address the fact that one is black and white, one is color the entire time. It's really cool, like still cool panel separations and stuff. Like that was really cool. So I might just so I can get a more of a if I can get another hit of uh, cool Werewolf by Night stuff, I might pick up um, that uh, Moon Knight one-shot. Um, definitely into uh, Wesley Dodds, the Sandman number one. I think it's cool that they are uh, bringing back that earlier, much earlier incarnation of the Sandman. Mm. The guy just wore a gas mask and a suit and uh, sprayed people with like sleeping gas. Um, who well, they do reference in like early issues of like the first issue of the neil gaiman sandman
2: right now um, oh, but hasn't had
1: his own strip in a very long time
2: that's strip, where it is.
1: like a comic strip hasn't had his own book <laughs> in a very long time
2: that's where his mask comes from
1: yes it okay. is a, a i believe it's a subtle reference the helm yeah. that um morpheus wears right is a subtle reference to the gas mask that uh wesley dodds wears That's
2: oh, yeah. especially in the you know the the televised version televised version Jesus we're on we're on a roll right <laughs> yeah, now what? with dated references comic
1: strips and te- comic strips and televised versions of what are we doing? so I'm
2: gonna get my In VCR out and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. check out the uh, the 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 adaptation of yeah I have my
1: my nurse wheel me down to the uh <laughs> the senior center to check out what you know the
0: program
2: laser discs we're using um yeah oh did you speaking of werewolf by night uh what are your thoughts on them releasing the colored version
1: i'm not into it man i think it's dumb
2: i think i'll have think to watch it just to see what it is but like I if know. i'm going to watch it i want to watch the like that was too perfect as a black and white it's
1: so perfect i know i'm um my wife and i are going to watch it um first you know in honor of spooky season Yep. um because uh, that's something that she can handle. Yeah, <laughs> it's only an hour. She's not into horror movies like I am, but um, uh, I'm not sure when we're gonna watch it, but we're gonna watch it in black and white. Like that's like the way it was intended. Mm-hmm. It's great. Part of me, I think, so I, I'm gonna wait to watch it in black and white again with her, with my wife, and then maybe after we watch it again in black and white. I might watch a little bit of it in color just yeah. to see what it's like. Specifically, I want to see a couple of those fight scenes in yeah. color because those fight scenes are bloody as hell. <laughs> yes. And you and I talked about it when it came out. We're like, I think they only got away with this because it wasn't black and white. And if it had been full color and we saw blood splattering everywhere, well, a guy's getting, you know... Arrow through his neck or whatever happens in that one scene where oh yeah, is oh god I forgot about that or something yeah that yeah, was like it's rough so that makes me want to see it in color um but you know I get okay so I I guess I may watch it in color but
2: and like I'm the man want, thing scene like I, I want to see what they do with man thing in color like that would be yeah, cool like, to again not, I don't want to watch the whole thing like I don't care about the whole thing in color I just want I'll to see what they're around, doing with certain think, yeah. scenes yeah
1: yeah. I can't imagine that if I watch it in color, I can't imagine that I would ever watch it in color again, unless it is just so incredible for some reason. But i like, I don't know. It just seems like it feels like it needs to be black and white to me. So I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Um, Most like, you know, like I also love my favorite Christmas movie is it's a wonderful life. And I have that on a Blu-ray disc as well. They also comes with like a colorized version. I've watched the colorized version once and yeah. I watched the black and white version every single
2: did I tell you um, I never saw that until like three years ago?
1: No way, really. Yeah. Our uh recent guest of the show, Adam Carke, was the same way. Like, um uh, uh a mutual friend of Adam's and mine, some uh, a drummer in the band that we're in together. He and I loved that movie very much. We would always tell Adam, like, You gotta watch, you gotta watch mm-hmm. it's so good. And he was like, Oh well. For years he was like, not, you know, no, no, I'm not gonna watch. finally watch it. And he was like, Yeah, you guys are right, it's great.
2: See um, now my take on it because uh, my wife convinced me to watch. Actually, it was uh, when Movie Tavern was playing it.
1: Oh, cool! So I, I actually saw it
2: on the, the. I saw it on the. The oh, only time I've ever seen it was awesome, on the uh, on the the big screen. On
1: a big. Oh, that's awesome! I would love to see that. And yeah,
2: my my takeaways on that movie were: it's a phenomenal movie. It shouldn't be a Christmas movie. Like it, right. it, it's yeah. not a Christmas. It's definitely not a feel good movie. It's-
1: tangentially accru- well, right. at the end it's well, a very yeah. feel-good movie but like but it takes a long time to get there it's, it's not a, a feel slow good burn movie yeah until that very end yeah <laughs> but at the end it's like the most feel-good
0: movie
2: right ever
1: <laughs> like that last 10 minutes or something yeah it's but like, that, it's huh. a
2: I, I was gonna say it's yeah. a slog to get there but it's not yeah. a slog it's like it's not a slog it's you like, know you it's know what i'm long, trying to yeah. convey but like
1: it's a it's a slow burn yeah. but in a different kind of way because like Everyone describes the plot of that movie as being oh you know Jimmy Stewart learns what it was what it would be like if he was never born but you have to watch an hour and a half to two hours of, a you know, you have to watch an hour and a half before that part of the movie starts. Right. (laughs) Right. Like that's only like the last half hour of that movie. I was
2: going to say, it's also for, especially for the time, a long ass movie.
1: It's a long movie. It's like two hours long. I think. Yeah. Yeah. A little, maybe a little over two hours, but we've been
2: Marvelified um, that that's not a long movie, but by most movie standards, that's
1: long, especially back. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you have to, in order for the, what my life would be like without me, section to work you have to see his entire life which takes the first hour and a half or hour and 40 minutes of that. (laughs) right but that's also what makes the end so incredible and like that was a movie that i would watch like it would just be on all the time like it used to be on constantly when you and i were kids yeah it was in the public domain for a while but it's not anymore but like so it was in the public domain for a while I don't know. I don't know. I think somebody sued and got the rights back to it or something. Ah, gotcha. Um, but because it was in the public domain, it was just, it used to be on TV all the time during like the Christmas season because anybody could show it. Anyone could, you know, didn't have to have the rights for it or whatever. So it was on all the time. So I would see either parts of it or I'd watch it when I was a kid, but then when I saw it when I wasn't an adult, when I was like in college, yeah, I was like then like there's just one year, like I would watch it every year, see parts of it every year. There's one year I sat down to watch it and I was just crying at the end of it. And I yeah. was like, Oh, I, I get this movie now. I understand. <laughs> I, I'm old enough to understand what he's going through and what this movie means. Right. Um and ever since then it's been one of my favorite movies and I watch it every uh every year.
0: Okay. So there you
1: go. um it's December, right? We're talking about this movie because it's Christmas time, right?
0: Sure.
2: how did we get there
1: i don't know oh colorized versions of things that should be black and white all right werewolf by night
2: at least so you know at least we weren't so far off the rails that we couldn't get back
1: (laughs) halloween yeah exactly um is that it is that all we got
2: that's all we got Uh, might be i think yeah uh well in that case i guess we'll do the wrap-up is that that what we yeah, do at this time? Because we don't, because we don't have,
1: we don't have an Ahsoka thing to review. If you missed our uh, recap of the Ahsoka season finale, we did a our first ever in person episode of this show, yeah. Steve. It wasn't just, and it wasn't just with me and you. It was our uh, friends of the show, Mapiseta and Adam Carkey. We just talked about Adam Carkey quite a bit. A lot of name drops in this episode. That guy. Um, uh, it was our first ever in person episode. You can watch it on YouTube or you can listen to it, um, and we talk at length about the season finale of Ahsoka. And it was a lot of fun we should do that again sometime
2: 100 um, percent.
1: maybe even regular episodes we should do in person sometime that'd be fun too yeah
2: and i did um, uh it's funny i did talk to uh talk to our friends down at funky town and they're you know we're we may be cooking things up here yeah there's uh yeah. there's thoughts we, we've had thoughts about things
1: there's thoughts about things um and we still out. need to Later talk to jeff year. We still need to talk to Jeff about that, and you and I still need to talk about that other idea mm-hmm. um, the Star Wars thing that will be great.
2: Yeah. Big movements and, and, and shakings from the multiverse report coming up here.
1: Yeah, for sure. Might, you might get a couple of uh, spin offs. Yeah. Uh, maybe or series. I don't know. Well, I don't know what the. Well, that's part of what we need to talk about, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think that's all we got. We don't have anything else. I I you know, usually at this point for the last 8 weeks we've been saying stick around for our Ahsoka review coming up on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever but Yeah,
2: we don't even have anymore.
1: that. We're done. We're done. So, Maybe I don't know if we'll end up doing that with Loki. but anyways.
2: Yeah. We'll see. We'll but see. If you see. uh if you'd like to know that before you listen to us, we'll probably announce it on social media of some sort. Uh you can find us all around the multiversal spheres at uh yep. the multiverse report yep really struggling on that one uh just
0: check just,
1: just everyone just check your own multiversal sphere spheres and you'll find it yeah,
2: just you works. know what go to google and type in the multiverse report we're there yeah, um we're there oh yeah yeah never mind uh wrong never mind wrong podcast uh
1: oh okay <laughs> you're about to break oh, some news to me and then no, just
2: yep, the, completely wrong Hey, uh <laughs> if anyone Hey, guess what? Never mind. <laughs> guess what? Nothing. Uh am I talking to my six year old? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dad, Dad, Dad. Oh. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um so back to that. Uh multiverse dot com, the multiverse report at gmail dot com. If you want to get a hold of us, uh check out our friends at Funky Town Comics and Vinyl over Please on do. West Genesee Street in Camillus. Well, yep. near West Genesee Street in Camillus. Yeah, um close enough. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I got.
1: All right. Well,
0: in that case, all I have to say is thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time in the multiverse.